Yo, you're listening to Talking About the Passion. I'm Thomas Irwin. This is a podcast where I interview different independent musicians and showcase their music. As for myself, I'm a singer-songwriter and producer who goes by Niagara Moon. You can look up more about my own music at niagaramoonmusic.com. I have a couple announcements before we get into it today. First, a big thank you to everyone who came out to the Niagara Moon History of Time Origami Ghost show that we had at the sunset last Wednesday. It was a really fun time, and we got a terrific turnout. I cannot wait to get out and play a show like that again sometime soon. Also, um, I've been neglecting to mention this before, but I'm going to start doing it now. Talking About the Passion has a Twitter page and a Facebook page if you want to follow me on the internet. The handle on Twitter is TATP Podcast, and for Facebook, you can just look up Talking About the Passion, same way I spell it on iTunes and SoundCloud. No G in talking. We're not talking. We're talking. Lastly, for any of you Reddit users out there, or if you're just someone who wants to find out what are some other cool Seattle-based podcasts, there's a brand new subreddit page that would be perfect for you. It's simply called Seattle Podcasts. So if you go to Reddit and punch in Seattle Podcasts, you should find it pretty easily. Podcasts are blown up, people. Uh, Anyway, back to the show. For episode number 16, we have Craig Marker. Craig is a singer-songwriter and guitarist who just became active in the Seattle scene. He grew up in the Bay Area and went to college down in San Diego, which is where he started writing songs and eventually recorded a whole album just as he was graduating in 2016. His music falls somewhere between the classic Americana sound of artists like Bob Dylan and Bruce Springsteen and the smooth acoustic pop and folk music of today. We're going to hear some tracks off of his debut album, which is called Up Until Now. The first song is September Nights. Seat. 
brings me gently to my knees I feel the chill of a sweet breath on my neck Slowly drawing me deeper into her unrelenting away Well some say no can warn a man so long that in the end he still will go Because there's something in the air that keeps me blowing to the north Like a compass beating red inside my chest And I always hear the call that drives me to a love so sure Like a blind man wandering Dark. A voice filled with empty whispers I'm a moth chasing after her light But when the leaf comes from listening What happens when the light dies? you've been in Seattle? I'm going on four months, I think. You just came here. I just moved here. Seattle had kind of been in the, the wheelhouse of desires for some time, originally from California. The most recent motivation, or, was, or rather the thing that maybe pushed me over the edge, is I got a girlfriend who's in grad school up here, so for the foreseeable future. So I was like, well, if that's going to be something that's going to be a priority, then I should make a move, and think, I'm thankful it's Seattle rather than someplace that I wouldn't want to live in as much, rather. Yeah, I guess that worked out pretty well. Yeah, I consider myself lucky. What part of California are you from? Uh, I grew up in the Bay Area, so uh, right between San Francisco and San Jose, kind of the two big cities, and then uh, I lived there my whole life and then went to school down in San Diego for four years and then just recently graduated, quick pit stop in the Bay Area, and then made the journey up here and been enjoying it a lot so far, so... Wow, so you were you were doing music down in San Diego before you came up here to Seattle. Yeah, that's kind of where it began. At least the that's where the, uh, not creating, but the songwriting and the kind of artistic development started happening my freshman year of school. I, there was like a, a mixture of inspiration. I'd kind of started listening to some songwriting-focused music. I had, uh, you know, been interacting with some people who, you know, I went down to college and I was like, oh, there are people who do this and I had I guess I had never I'd never met a, someone who wrote songs until I got to college so that was kind of crazy and then yeah I saw some bands play some some student bands play and I was like that's what I want to be doing so that was kind of the goal and I 
I started writing some songs. They had an on-campus venue that I got connected with. And uh, I consider that maybe the foundation, the groundwork, the, the beginning, if you will. Uh, but not too much outside of the outside of like the college setting. I didn't do too much like in the greater San Diego region. Right. It was you kinda, didn't leave campus as no, much? No, I didn't leave campus too much. I did a little bit my senior year like playing covers at bars. I quickly determined that was uh, not exactly my my vision for uh, playing music or making money off of music or yeah. doing something with music. It was not where I wanted to invest my, quote, creative uh, energy. You're not so much into the bar scene. I don't think it's the bar scene as much as the cover scene at a restaurant. You know, if, if, oh, I don't know if, yeah. you've, if you've done that, uh, but it's not the most fulfilling or, yeah, fulfilling activity to do you can enjoy it there are moments you can enjoy but you don't get that that connection with the audience as much you don't get the interaction you're like a live stereo which is that's a completely different function than being a singer songwriter or your own original musical entity you're like a living jukebox yeah i was a living jukebox it sounds sort of glamorous i guess uh but there's worse gigs but it's still it's not what a lot of people necessarily seek out right yeah so that was kind of the the San Diego music things that I was up to, yeah. So you grew up in the Bay Area, and uh, it's not a place I know so much about. I've been to San Francisco a little bit, but what's it like there? What was it? Uh... Yeah, so I didn't, I mean, I've played music my whole life in various functions, but it was never really like, a, you know, the mu- if you asked me what the music scene was like when I was cruising through high school, I would have been like, I wouldn't have had a clue. Yeah, um, you were kind of outside the city more? Yeah, I guess I just didn't, I didn't go to many concerts I didn't venture around trying to find a place to play I wasn't creating music at the time so it wasn't until college that I really started exploring music scenes and I did you know I came home from college over the summer and like I had started writing songs and I was like I'm gonna find a place to continue doing this even when I'm not in San Diego and so there was a local like community coffee shop Mm -hmm. Uh, it's more than you know it was a coffee shop it's live music venue they hosted a lot of events throughout the week for the community is kind of a, a cool spot and they have a open mic a monthly open uh weekly open mic um and I just started going there I think the first time I went there actually I I knew they had an open mic I hadn't actually started writing songs yet this was like right before I wrote my first song and I was like well I'll go check it out and I go there and I'm like they're pretty early because I didn't exactly know when signups were so I, sh- I was one of the first people there but I'm like I don't want to perform better early than late right better early than late but I didn't want to go first. So I signed up for like, I think it started at 7.30. I signed up for 8.30. And I'm sitting there, like kind of looking around, and no one's showing up. And I ended up being like the first person to perform. Mm, I've been there. Yeah. So I did a couple Lumineers covers right after I heard their first album. This was back in 2012. And uh, I just kind of like went on my merry way after that. Um, but that was kind of like the beginning of it. And that that actually was the beginning of uh, investing into that music venue. And I went to the open mic. Every time I'm in the Bay Area, I go to that open mic every Monday. I've played a few shows there. That's very much like a home place yeah, for me. Yeah, it's good to have one of those, right. a spot that you're really comfortable with. Yeah, I just absolutely loved it. I, I, I created, not created, I found a great community there and then felt very invited in. But then also was fortunate enough to get to see a lot of talented musicians, songwriters, poets, comedians kind of showcase their talent there too. And it's a place I miss when I'm here in Seattle, but 
So yeah, I think the music scene, to answer the original correct question, this music scene in the Bay Area, from what I know of it, is absolutely phenomenal. So I don't know what you've heard about it, but or what other people might say who are more educated, but my ignorance leads right. me to say... You found a spot that you really liked, a community that you uh, fell into. Of course, yeah. yeah, so I would... I speak the highly of it, I guess. Cool. So you didn't start writing your own songs until around college. Um, when did you first start playing an instrument? Don't know the exact um, year. I just, I'm the youngest. I got a couple siblings, and I remember I tagged along when my brother went to go take piano lessons, and I was probably around five or six at this point in time. And my mother swears that I told her I wanted to play piano too. <laughs> and such began about eight years of me not detesting uh, music, but really disliking practicing the piano. It didn't click with me. and um, But yeah, so I started playing piano when I was five, about eight years. Wow, that's a long run. Yeah. I had somebody doing it reluctantly. Right, yeah. My mom told me I needed to learn, like there are three songs, her favorite three piano songs. And she's like, you got to choose one and learn them. And so it, when I got to the point where I'm like, I, I could probably do this, I like, looked at the three of them, figured out which one <laughs> I thought was easiest, and uh, went down that road. And then... Do you remember what song that was? It was Malaguena. It's a classical guitar, Spanish classical guitar piece, actually. Okay, so these were all pretty old classical pieces? Yeah, there was a Chopin one, but that... Oh, yeah, you got to pass on that yeah, one. Yeah, that one required uh, a wider... You got to have four hands for yeah, that one. Yeah, you got to have four hands for that one. So I, I was like, oh, I'll pass on that. I actually have an uncle who is... Like my mom's brother, I guess, certainly is my mom's brother. Mm -hmm. um, he can play all these things, and he does them lovely. And I'm like, man, this is the guy who does these songs justice. But yeah, I wanted to play guitar. I told my mom that, and uh, there was sort of like a conversation that was happening of, well, if, if he doesn't play piano, like, is he going to lose music? You know, I had developed this skill, and being it was being appreciated by, you know, my mother and my instructors, and they're like, you're good. But I'm like, this isn't where, this isn't, I don't have motivation to improve this. You know, I don't. Um, yeah, you didn't want to stick with it. Right, I didn't want to stick with it. But I said guitar I would stick with. And so that's kind of, during junior high school, I kind of transitioned to that. And that kind of opened up the floodgates, to be honest. I After that, I felt like music became my own. And throughout high school, that was like, I dedicated a lot of time to music. I was in the marching band. I did saxophone for a couple of years and then Ooh. switched to snare drum. Cool. And I actually think snare drum is probably my best instrument. <laughs> and I really wanted to be a, a snare drum player and then instructor. That kind of came and went pretty quick, but uh, <laughs> that was like all I was about. It's hard to write songs on the snare drum. Right, yeah. You, yeah, it is a different beast. Um, so yeah, it kind of brings me up and up to now. I mean, guitar has been, start with piano, guitar has been the present throughout and then just a mix throughout then of trying to follow different paths of like oh I could do music in this capacity or maybe music in this capacity but kind of settling in in that guitar writing songs trying to develop a voice um, and then even pushing that further into like arrangement of written songs and yeah it's that's where I'm at right now. What made you want to take up the guitar in particular? What was so appealing about it back then? I think I was listening to a lot of classic rock and I wanted to be, I wanted to be an ACDC. Oh, that yeah, kind of classic rock. That kind of classic rock. I was, I was ready to turn my amp up loud and shred, uh, which I never really got too great at, actually. It was a pretty quick transition between ACDC, 
And then my brother introduced me to like a singer songwriter now has, you know, style has developed, but what at that point in time was singer songwriter, solo acoustic folky kind of stuff, City in Color. I don't know if you've heard of him. Yeah, he had a song called The Girl and it was sort of like finger picking and this love song, but I just really resonated with it, I guess. And that, that was the foundation of a phenomenal Pandora playlist <laughs> that uh, <laughs> was filled with uh, tons of kind of that solo acoustic sort of love songy but poppy kind of I don't listen to at all anymore um but that was the transition between me wanting to be an ACDC and now me writing acoustic or writing songs and playing acoustic guitar yeah that helped you get closer to finding your sound right yeah I still revisit ACDC occasionally actually I dedicated a large part of my junior high after schools to like tabbing out one of their solos and a song of theirs because I couldn't find it online. And so sometimes I revisit that. I'm like, that was kind of a cool accomplishment for my little 13, 14-year-old self. It's a good musical exercise. Yeah. Did you start singing around the same time you picked up guitar? Or when did that come in? Again, that's it's interesting because dates are so fuzzy. I don't feel like I'm old enough for dates to be fuzzy, but dates are fuzzy. I mean, were you like wanting to sing songs and play guitar at the same time initially or was it you wanted to be a guitarist and later on you're like well I guess I should sing too yeah I wanted to be a guitarist it's actually what I put in my sixth grade yearbook what are you going to be when you grow up a guitarist I put a guitarist pretty accurate so far yeah and I uh there's a picture of me with some kind of long swoopy hair and uh my ACDC shirt that goes along with that that I wore all the time but yeah I, I you know I started listening to student color and that brought with it like I wanted to learn that song, but when you're just playing kind of like a repetitive uh, chord progression or finger picking progression, it seems kind of empty. And it's missing something. It's missing something, right? And what is it missing? The vocals, right? And so I would sing to myself when no one was around. Like either that's either late at night or like right after I got home from school when I was when it was just me. Yeah, it was like a no one knew about it though. You know what I mean? So kept it on the down low for kept, a while. Kept it on the down low for a while. I was probably like 15, maybe. So right around then, and I'd, it had got, I had gotten through enough of those Sydney Color and Company songs that I'm like, it's time to start trying to add some vocals to it. And so I don't have any recording, and no one listened to me for a long time, so I don't know what my voice sounded like at that point in time. But yeah, it was, it was to fill in what I felt was missing, and so that's kind of how it started. Hmm. Oh, there was a demand for it, and you had to meet the challenge. Yeah. Any vocalists in particular that you were influenced by, you think? Like, were there particular people you wanted to sound like? At that point in time? Yeah, when you were finding your, your own vocal style. That's a really good question, but I've never thought about that. So there might have been, like, I can think of, art, like, sitting in color, I was listening to Matt Costa. I, went, I just recently found my original guitar kind of binder that all of these tabs and chords things that I had printed out. It had some dashboard confessional and mm. death cab for cutie. So kind of like like acoustic pop. Like kind yeah, of, yeah. Yeah, punky acoustic uh what I would say is what dashboard confessional and death cab for cutie was. And um but yeah I wanted I, just a clean sound I think is what I was going for. And do you know the singer uh well the artist Neutral Milk Hotel? No. <laughs> I've never heard I think of that. you really sound like a clean version of him 
like your voices or your melodies, something oh, is very oh, yeah. similar. You'll have to. You too, but he's he's like a wild, like over the top kind of belting from his his chest kind of singer. But you, uh, I, I was curious if there were any connections there. No, you'll have to write that down so I can. Yeah. I'll take it as a compliment. Either for that, now. or maybe like uh, the Decemberists. Yeah, they were on the they were on the playlist. Okay, so that was on the radar. Yeah, that was on the playlist. Definitely was right. <laughs> was there. <laughs> yeah. So you're gradually getting into a few different instruments. You try this and that. You graduate high school. You get down to San Diego. And then where did it click for you to start writing your own stuff? Again, started meeting people who were writing their own stuff. Started listening to some music. So at that point in time, I was listening to The Lumineers, Civil Wars, Rest in Peace, Head in the Heart. And like they were bands and writing songs. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I want to, I kind of want to try my own thing when I started writing like and then I had that idea I started looking into songwriters and I started listening to Bob Dylan and uh, Bruce Springsteen and when I started listening to Bruce Springsteen that's hmm. kind of when it, when it all was like okay this is this is it you know you gotta write songs and they gotta be good and they gotta be real good you know okay, what I mean okay so he really pushed you any album in particular I mean he's got so many but yeah my favorite the album River maybe The uh, River is my favorite me and my girlfriend go back and not back and forth. She yeah. like will press me like, "What's the favorite song?" <laughs> and I say the favorite album is "Darkness on the Edge of Town." Oh, and I didn't actually learn about that one till after I had listened to him for a long time. That's actually when, like, when I heard that album, the song "Badlands" in particular, which is not at That's all a rocking number, which is a rocking number. That is like a fist pumper before you know edm was yeah was were was in the clubs and people were dancing to it yeah i heard that song and i'm like okay and that was summer between my freshman and sophomore year of college and that was when it was like dang okay yeah. like it music can be so powerful if the song is there you know what i mean if the song is there music can be can really do something yeah yeah um after that it's just been like Try try to like go across the whole body of work, but Badlands is a favorite. Uh, Darkness on the Edge Town is the favorite album. The River, I say, I think what I've decided is that Badlands is my favorite song, and that uh, The River and Thunder Road are tied for his <laughs> best written song. Okay, so those are okay, the yeah. interesting kind of differentiation, if you will. All right, like just a song that anyone could cover, just the, the composition itself. Those yeah, the, the lyrics, the story is the way it progresses through is just like there's nothing better in in mm -hmm. my humble opinion. But uh, so is that where you kind of got into the Americana thing? Definitely, yeah. So I kind of so obviously you know Bruce Springsteen is probably the influence of a lot of people who are doing music uh, now. You know, yeah, and, he's one of just those super iconic right. songwriters. And so you know when I was listening to bands like the Lumineers and. Uh, Civil Wars and Head and Heart, those are kind of like the sound that I loved. I yeah, love yeah. that sound. And, you know, uh, if you listen to the, the album that I recorded, it's not, it's more along that sound than... Right, you're not doing a retro thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying not to... I love Bruce Springsteen's sound, but it's just not something that I, I'm trying to... Uh, I'm trying to pay homage, but not trying to recreate, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, that 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 was the beginning of like the Amer like transition from that kind of poppy singer songwriter vibes to the Americana, and then eventually to it's about songwriting, and so that's kind of where I'm at. I'm at now. Um, it's gone like Bruce Springsteen's songwriting inspired me to be like, well, let's let's find other songwriters that are out there who are doing something that people are taking notice and 
so that's where I'm at right now. I'm doing a lot of, you know, finding songwriters who are phenomenal songwriters, but also finding how a songwriter can uh, take their song or a song and arrange. Right, flesh it out. Flesh it out to create a bigger story, right? So that's kind of the where I'm at now. I don't listen to the Lumineers as much anymore. I think they're a phenomenal band, and they just released an album, and there's mm. a couple tracks off of there that were on repeat for a little bit, but <laughs> uh, it didn't s- stick as much because I think I'm... You've kind of moved to a different place right. at this point. Um, yeah, so your debut album up until now, that came out about a year ago? Yeah, about 10 months, June. It was the right before I graduated college, wow. June. So you graduated and put out your first album yeah. at the same time. I would not recommend, but I had... A, <laughs> That's a lot to take on at yeah, once. It's a, a busy time in your life. Yeah, it was pretty wild, but... So you recorded that down in San Diego? Mm-hmm, we're down in San Diego, like a makeshift of places, had a friend who's a music student who could give me access to recording studios on stuff uh equipment and stuff on campus oh great mm-hmm. so really he helpful. was yeah he was very helpful and placed some of the keys on the on the recording he was the guy i played piano like he was my first like i'm playing music with someone yeah yeah no the piano playing on on those tracks is, is pretty tight yeah so, so I, it's great that you got him in yeah i do some of it he does some of it and he played live with me and uh and then when it really needed to come together like I we needed to record drums, couldn't do it. Actually, got in at a like really last minute at a uh, the it's a big fish recording studio. It's where um, you know probably doesn't have international or national fame, but it's where uh, <laughs> Blink One Eight Two recorded Enemy of the State. <laughs> so it's kind of a it's got some cred. Yeah, it's got some cred. Um, and that was wild. That was the only time we got in the actual studio. I was there for a day. We did drums and vocals just like straight through yeah by 14 hours that must have been fun yeah and that was pretty wild and then other than that you know kind of hot yeah together. some facilities on campus or in your even bedroom yeah, i'm guessing course, for some yeah. stuff yeah you played bass too or no i had a i had a guy a bass player i met later on in my time at school who i think we meshed phenomenally musically uh he was really great at complimenting and you know like it wasn't you know i it was the kind of thing where I'd be describing something to him and I'd be like, you know what I mean? Kind of. And you know, just, they would get it right he, away. I wouldn't say anything except for, you know what I mean? And he, he'd <laughs> break something out. And I'm like, yeah. wow, you do know what I mean. Yeah, it's really important when you have somebody that just has that same musical vocabulary. Right. Yeah, have, have pretty similar tastes and you're mm-hmm. just locked into a certain sound. Yeah, so yeah, he does that. fun. And then there, uh, a friend from high school had actually got it, who from Drumline. Uh, had gotten into uh, UC San Diego for the PhD program. And so he was there and we kind of overlapped a year. And so he joined in on drums for the final year when I was at school and, uh, you know, kind of brought an interesting, uh, he's a phenomenal jazz percussionist. And so he kind of brought some interesting jazz style to that that drumming while keeping it like, it was always the, I'd be telling him, come on, we got to keep it like simple, it's more folky. And then, you know, he'd be adding in some like interesting accompaniment, jazz, more jazz accompaniment. And uh, the guitars, the vocals, there's me, harmonica. There's an electric guitar solo in one of the songs I busted out. (laughs) That was, (laughs) brought me back to my ACDC days. Yeah, yeah, I had to fit that in somewhere. (laughs) So you got a pretty nice group together for that, but... Were you guys ever able to play a show together, or it was just a recording-only sort of thing? Yeah, so, I, you know, I started playing down in San Diego. It was just me, met the piano, pianist, and we would play together, and then kind of tried to build out. We were, me and him were, like, constantly trying to build out the lineup through the rest of our time together. And yeah, uh, yeah. we played with the cellist and a percussionist who did cajon for a little bit, and then 
switched out percussionists and switched out the cellist uh, with the bass player and kind of just, but then different bass players at different times. So the guy who yeah. plays on, actually the drummer and bassist who play on the album both couldn't make it to the CD release party. Oh, and so no. it was kind of like this, we had worked so hard on it and it was like, sounds so it's good. It's really hard to wrangle people together. And, oh man, that CD release party was absolutely wild in terms of, we hadn't all practiced together and the drummer yeah, yeah. who was really, uh, really kind of went out of his way to help me out, uh, had a different gig. Like he literally, he sound checked with us. He went to a different gig, came back. He had, he had to get out of his other gig earlier. And then, you know, the bass player the day of like his amp fried and his <laughs> bass was gone. And so he had this like super sketchy, like looked like just dumpy bass. And it was just, uh, if anyone told me, man, that was a good show. I was like, you have no idea. <laughs> Wow. So yeah, we we actually the the crew who recorded on the album played one show together. We played one show together. Okay, well you at least got them together for for one gig. For one gig. Yeah, no, it's it's hard people keeping people together, and especially in the early stages when you're trying people out. You know, there's going to be the person that's enthusiastic early on, but they can't make it work down the right. line, and you got to swap them, and then someone else. You know, it's it's a revolving door for a while until you right. like fit the puzzle together. Yeah, it's. Uh... The more people you get involved, the more complicated it gets. Yeah. But obviously, you know, as you know, this as a musician, you want, you want everyone. You want the, <laughs> you want like your orchestra, orchestra yeah. behind you and your. <laughs> yeah, if you have a like a good sized group together, that makes doing shows a lot more fun, a lot easier, I guess, depending on what you're doing. Like, it takes the spectacle of it to uh, the next level. It's hard to get people as excited when you're playing by yourself. Of course, usually. yeah. So you've been doing a fair amount of open mics since you came to Seattle then, mm-hmm. I take it. Yeah. Um, open mics have kind of been the wheelhouse since the beginning. I figure they've been very rewarding in the past, and they continue to be rewarding. That's kind of where the majority of the people I've met who I now am beginning to call friends in Seattle, um, I met them at open mics, whether they're yeah. in the audience, whether they're performing, whether you know they're by you know, they're the bartender or whatever. It's kind of, there's something about open mics that it's, it's a community. It's more than just like a, it's more than just, it's not a competition. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's something that's kind of special. And so, yeah, I've been Stoneway. I think I've seen you there a couple of times. Connor yeah. Byrne, I go. Yeah. I don't know how people our age, like just starting out with jobs and stuff. I don't know how people make friends when they don't do music. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know, uh, right? Why else am I going to go out at night otherwise? Exactly, right. <laughs> or to go see shows. Are you hoping to wrangle up a, a new band now that you're settling down here, hoping to get you know, a new group together? It's something that's always in, in my mind. I'm hesitant because of how wild the last three months of school were just musically. Yeah that um <laughs> you yeah you face some challenges face some challenges and i'm kind of hesitant to get back in the game and i kind of am like let's let it happen organically i guess so i'm putting myself out there right i go to mics i go to shows and we'll see what happens i guess check back in with me in six months we'll see where i'm okay. at okay if it does happen organically that's you'd like to keep the the band driven sound going yeah i i think if you know if i were if i'm gonna record again it's gonna be it's gonna have a, a band in it um obviously I, I love the you know the freedom or independence of solo performing but i think when you can achieve the same you know quality of performance with additional sound again my recent kick is songwriters who can then yeah. arrange around it 
to make the story bigger and more impactful. Right. right. You have to make the song more than just the melody and the lyrics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's always an interesting exercise. Are you writing new songs all the time? Are you sitting on a lot of new material that you're itching to get out there? I'm writing songs all the time. I try to, yeah. I got a couple that I've you know, been kicking around the past. Yeah, I, I try to make a point to write as much as I can. You know, I think that songwriting is such a challenging thing to do. Maybe it's my perception of what I think is good. But I, you know, I listen to songs by you know, Bruce Springsteen. I listen to songs by, uh, you know, a, really prominent Nashville songwriter, Chris Stapleton, released his, you know, big debut album at the age of like 37 and just blew the <laughs> world with his with his songs and his voice and, uh, you know, even some more up-and-coming uh, musicians I've been listening to. It's so challenging to write a song that is means something now, but I'm looking at Bruce Springsteen and I'm like, those songs mean something and my mom listened to him, right? And so that's why I'm going for something. I'm trying to go for something. You want to do something timeless. Timeless, and it's like I, and so I, I'm not. I don't think I'm there yet. I don't know if I'll ever be there. So, yeah, I try to put a lot of time into songwriting because I think that it's really. It's a craft. It's a craft, and so, so you get better at it the more you put into exactly. it. Exactly, and so I, you know, I'm writing songs a lot, trying different, you know, songwriting exercises where it's, you know, let's try to write a song like this, or yeah, set some kind of rules or mm -hmm. boundaries to help mm -hmm. you. Do you draw your inspiration for writing songs or kind of your themes or your impetus? Does that come from any place in particular, do you think, like when you're in a certain mood or... Right. I typically, <laughs> mood just, I typically write songs at night. I think a lot of my songs have, will say like the word night or be set like mm -hmm. the moon will be in there or like dark or, yeah. you know, it's a cool, like cool or kind of like those images. But I think I'm, so, and I think that's partly because I write at night and I think I write at night because I'm most effective at writing at night and maybe that's because I it's probably a circle right I like those <laughs> anyway um the inspiration tends to come from you know different places sometimes I'll hear something I'll hear hear a story I try to write stories I think my songs try to be stories and so I try to have a narrative mm -hmm, they try to have a narrative that's a great way to put it um and so you know whether it's a story of someone I know maybe it's a story influenced by someone I know that I'm like well let's take it this way um and like, let's ask a question inspired on what I heard or, um, and then you can't get away from my subconscious is constantly influencing me. Like I'll write a song and I'll play it for someone. And they're like, oh, I know what you wrote that about. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> I didn't write it about something. And then they'll say like, yeah, you were going, you were experiencing this at this point in time. And, and then I'll be like, fine. You know, I, I get kind of defensive, but, uh, <laughs> it's, it's the combination of, I'm trying to write, uh, about what, you know, what is happening in the world, what I'm, and then necessarily like what I'm experiencing and what those around me are experiencing. And yeah, it's, you know, right now it's a lot of dream-based songs. I'm trying to ask the question like, can dreams come true? What happens if they do? What happens if they don't? I feel like that's kind of what the first album's about. And now I'm trying to ask new questions. I think that's yeah. kind of the... Find your new concept yeah. to go with. So do you have any specific plans for your next release or you're just taking your time with that for now taking my time man i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep writing songs i'm gonna get to know seattle and i think you know i've only done it once i've only released something once and i think it felt right at that point in time to do mm -hmm. what i released right it, it, it felt almost necessary um and so i think i'm waiting for that again i don't i don't have the material that i want to release yet i have yeah. i have some stuff but i don't it's not ready. 
I'm, you know, I'm still, I'm new to Seattle, right? I'm still working on finding an, finding an audience that like can be a part of the stories too, right? And so I don't think I've built that up enough yet where there's an album that needs to be out yet. And so yeah, I don't see anything like, not because I'm not creating, but there's just doesn't seem to be the need. An itch, yeah, yeah an itch yeah. to get something. Yeah, you're out. waiting until you get to that point. That'll that'll come up again. Yeah, no sense in rushing it. Right. Yeah. You're not under any pressure from a label. Yeah, or yeah. Something. No one's expecting anything of me. I don't have any contracts signed. Rather, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure your fans will be happy to see new material come out eventually. Anyway, thanks for coming over and doing this today. Of course, this man. is a lot of fun. Thank you for having me, man. It's uh, I'm kind of like a fair weather podcast fan. Yeah. Which I. Th- think i want to mean uh i listen to podcasts when i'm driving a long distance or i'm on a long trip because it helps give you something to do yeah they Um, they help you pass the time right that's kind of my relationship to them too yeah but i think there's something uh if only i could have had a you know like a camera or a video or like a recording of all the conversations i've had in in my life how valuable that would be so this is kind of a special thing where you've created that situation for myself and a bunch of other local musicians so thank you yeah keep it up man my pleasure of course fun to get you guys all on tape (laughs) Mm, yeah i know (laughs) greg marker everybody nice guy he's got good songs what else do you need as always if you liked this episode of talking about the passion please subscribe to the podcast on itunes if you haven't already leave a rating or write a review as well if you're feeling especially generous i always very much appreciate it If anyone has any suggestions, questions, or comments for me about the podcast, or if you want to inquire about getting featured on the podcast, you can email tatppodcast at gmail.com. The theme song for Talking About the Passion is the Niagara Moon song Pantheon Bar off my recent album Eating Peaches. Okay, so now we have one more song by Craig. This is Up Until Now. Enjoy it, and I will see you next week. I was young I learned the hard way To trust no one Cause this town That shines like gold Will just strip you of the things that you own And up until now I've kept my head down Walking over the cracks on the ground But I want to feel the hurt The pain, the love, the heartbreak This world's got I've lost Seem 
my favorite store window and boarded up with signs that say closed. Oh, and these memories they won't haunt me if I promise myself to break free. And up until now, I lied to myself. This barren land felt like home But I know that outside these walls There lies something waiting for me See you.